episode 46 of the Metro Fan TV rundown coming to you live after a pretty good 2 0 win against Nashville at home, followed up by surprise, surprise, yet another um, <laughs> less than stellar, or less than tasteful, I should say. I mean, it was a pretty good comeback, but still not, 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 not an optimal result up on the road at Gillette Stadium. And once again, we like to go on record that we really, really wish that Gillette Stadium got nuked. Uh, it's Lens and Juan again. That's right. F's in the chat. Fernando died. R.I.P. F. <laughs> F's in the chat. F's in the chat right now, if you're listening F. to this. Oh, man. <laughs> will he ever be back soon, my friends? I will say soon. He's got. A, he's attending to much more important things than listening to two idiots talk about a Red Bull soccer team. How are you today, Juan? I'm doing well, Lens. How are you? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> if it's any, uh, like, if it makes you feel better, I made Mapo Topu today. Oh, I haven't, oh man, like, uh, man, Sichuan peppercorn is going to be like a real shot in the arm. I got, I got vaxxed a couple, I got vaxxed earlier this week though. Oh, wow. And that's probably why, like, I'm still, uh, still a bit croggy. Because, like, I actually came down with the side effects yesterday, right? So I was, like, literally conked out for, like, two hours. Oh, that's like, rough. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk to Bill Gates, though, so that was cool. Oh, yeah. But, like, in your brain, right? From the microchip. Yeah, it's it's telepathically, but he... And, uh, like, apparently it's, like, Microsoft Sam's uh, text-to-speech. Yeah. So whatever you think, like, it immediately, like, uh, gets transmitted out loud. Yeah. And he sends it right back to you telepathically. Yeah. It's pretty sick. He was like, uh, do you know any singles in your area? <laughs> do you know any singles in your area? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, is this a pop-up? Am I getting a pop-up? No, this is an actual DM from Bill Gates. I'm feeling down bad about Melinda. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. Uh, let's not talk about the sex lives of billionaires. Let's talk about this, the, the, well, I mean, it's not quite sex lives of millionaires either, but we were talking about scoring. Let's talk about a different kind of scoring. All right. Here yeah, we go. A different kind of scoring. Yes, that's right. Uh, oh, Lord on the top of this episode. Thanks for everybody who sent in the five aside lineups. Very yes. good, um, engagements here today. So thanks for building our clout, first of all. And second of all, thanks for participating in this thought exercise. What are the results? Please, Professor Escalante, take us away. Oh, yeah. Appreciate everyone who sent their answers. I We've enjoyed some of them so far. Uh, Copa America Enjoyer on Twitter. I think that's Mr. Electricidad. That's, I think that's the handle. Uh, he has uh, Tab Ramos, Thierry Henry, uh, Sean Davis, Clint Mathis, Mike Petke, no one in goal. Interesting choice. Um, <laughs> but I respect it. JJ Post, uh, our friend JJ, he has uh, Tyler Adams, Caden Clark, Thierry Henry, Tony Miola, and Kamar Lawrence. Eric Friedlander, uh, he has, he picked, uh, uh, he picked Cornell. So it's, uh, I think it's a similar uh, squad to yours a bit. He has Thierry Henry, yeah. he has Clint Mathis, he has Tyler Adams, he has Amado Guevara, and then he has uh, Miguel, it's Miguel Coronel, right? His name is Miguel, I'm forgetting his first name. 
Carlos Miguel. Carlos Cornell. Miguel Cornell. That's what it was. Because you know what it is? Is because Mob has his name as Miguel. As like Carlos Miguel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they, they just go with the whole uh, Brazilian thing where they just go by nickname. Yeah. Names are first names, right? I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Profimapu, uh, he picks Tony Miola. Yuri Jorkaev, Anthony Davila. I had to get that guy in there because I know uh, 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 Juan Mapu is uh, is a big uh, America de Cali fan. He has Hamison Olave in the team, another another Colombian, but he also has uh, Jean Philippe Peguero, an old uh, uh, 2006 era uh, New York Red Bulls guy. Yeah, that is a real deep cut right there. When this, I saw that's, that these are the game. kinds of lineups I was looking for, like real heads know, remembering dudes type lineup. Yeah. Those are like the Japan only releases, you know. Yeah, like <laughs> the crate box. <bucks. laughs> uh, on that, on that similar vein, we have uh, Toby Carroll, uh, Tobias Carroll. He has Bradley Wright Phillips. He has Juan Pablo Angel. He has Kaku, Timu Tainio, and Bunakan Duel. Wow. Getting yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised to see like how how much like a uh, Buna like ma- made an appearance. I think in some of these lineups, but I suppose when you don't actually need to come out and catch crosses, yeah, the <laughs> criteria for goalkeepers becomes a lot different. I'm sure they're anyway. yeah. To be fair, I lobbied. You know, that was my choice, so I lobbied a bit for Buna. <laughs> uh, T Honch at T Honch, he has a uh, Thierry Henry. He has Roberto Donadoni, Clint Mathis. Uh, Tyler Adams, Luis Robles, uh, Wendell, BWP, Kimar Lawrence, Thierry Henry, John Conway, first one to pick John Conway, Amado Guevara, let's see, uh, Tom, our friend Tom, uh, Tom posting, five clones of Alex Mule versus five clones of Sal Zizo. That, that's, a, that's, that's prime time right there. I think that's a numerical disadvantage, though. <laughs> That's basically like that's basically eleven v eleven. No, it's yeah. five guys versus twenty five. Like if you do the math. Like, oh yeah. That's <laughs> And he said each side will receive full Spartan two physical upgrades as well during the cloning process. Oh, I'm still trying to think like five versus twenty five of like full ass grown ass men probably look like those three professional players versus like all those kids kids videos yeah those are great <laughs> i love seeing those because it's like there's uh despite playing a bunch like i having played up against kids it's like you have no respect for them and you just want to crush their dreams i completely understand it um yeah i mean it was wild like just just bypassing uh a 70 kid midfield with like one touch passing one touch passing you guys say uh, that's pretty sick and then, uh, let's, uh, let's leave a couple more, and I think we'll move on, yeah? Yeah, I think we'll... I have one more here. We have uh, our friend Pete Scanlon, Falta, has uh, Luke Rogers. That's it. Just Luke Rogers. Luke Rogers. <laughs> on my off-the-perch uh, guest episode, actually, we were basically saying, like, what would happen if Luke Rogers uh, came back and led us to, like, the most uh, insane, uh, what is it, CCL run? think uh by coming off the bench and being a super sub oh yeah but exclusively oh, no. in games against in like latin america yeah exactly like you go up and, and, and specifically against a team that is somehow still employing pescadito <laughs> oh yeah that'd be pretty nuts wouldn't it <laughs> um all right so i think um there are plenty more lineups i think out there that uh we uh received 
And of course, uh, thanks as always for being a participant in this very, very first segment. Uh, glad to see, uh, you know, the engagements and thoughts as always. Um, that being said, I think it's time to get down to business. Let's talk about the last two games that have transpired here in the Red Bull world, right? I think uh, we begin with a 2-0 win at home against Nashville and a 3-2 win on the road against New England. Oh, wait, did I say 3-2 win on the road? I mean a 3-2 loss oh, on the road against New England. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The uh, the, 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 the multiverse timelines have, are bleeding over again. In this, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think um, definitely something you would say. I would say that we saw three good halves and one pretty bad one, <laughs> right, from this uh, four-game sample. And I think uh, Nashville at home would be colored by, um, yeah, I think I, I think we would probably color it by saying that, you know, I think uh, still some disparity between how this team performs at home and how it performs on the road still. But I think uh, with that second half performance against New England, especially, you know, I think uh, we know that this team is capable of at least putting up a fight. You know, I don't think there's been a game this year where I say where I feel like we've been completely waxed other than Philadelphia. Right. I think on the road. And even and then same, that was that game was one nil. Right. Yeah. And even then that was one nil. Yeah, I mean, like uh, it was less us like getting completely blown out, blown out as much as it was just like struggling to like uh leave an imprint on the match, right? Like, impose our footprint on the match. And, of course, a whole bunch of shit confounded it, right? Between the injuries, the uh, the, the red card late in the game, and, of course, uh, you know, I mean, I think uh, Aaron Long dying, RIP. Um, Fs, yeah. F is for Fernando, and F is for... uh, Fuck, man. What are we going to do about our defense? <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, so yeah, I mean, um, like we said, right? I think uh, we are assumed that we would be coming out of the international break healed up. That didn't turn out to be the case at all. <laughs> in yeah. fact, it's only gotten worse, right? I think in recent weeks. Um we're dealing with the international call-ups. We, we dealt with the international call-ups relatively okay, I think, against Nashville. Uh, the team came out and produced, I think. I think I would probably say, like, that was the high-water mark of the season, right? I mean, I think the Orlando win was impressive, but Nashville was good because I think it was a very tactical battle, and we kind of prevailed on top, right? Just managing to systematically break down a very disciplined, drilled defensive unit with very purposeful movement and... Uh, very purposeful off the ball movement and uh, our own um, good structure, I think, right? Um, the off ball stuff really taking shape, as well as uh, the manager leaving some pretty good wrinkles, right? I think with the uh, f- sort of 4 1 3 2 that we saw, the uh, we saw him deploy, I think. Yeah, Tom Edwards as the defensive midfielder with three advanced, uh, an advanced line of three just kind of buzzing ahead of him. Mm hmm. Um, and for the most part, you know, I think once, uh, you got over the early jitters, I think, uh, once guys finally found a composure to stick to the game plan, right. Of 
trying to use Fabio and Klimala to break down as like uh, sort of the uh, battering rams to break down uh, Nashville's walls. Uh, you saw this team like uh, gain a lot of confidence, right? I think basically, um, basically didn't look back from that point. Uh, Nashville, I think, only really had one, one or two great chances. One of them was the Hani Mukhtar free kick, and the other was that one uh, chance by Randall Leal, I think it was, right? Who yeah. had the chance one on one with Coronel that was saved. It's a pretty good save as well, though. I will point that out. Um, I think so. Yeah, let's begin there. I think um, I think for sure. I think standouts from uh, this game. I would probably say you know Caden Clark, um, probably uh, his most complete showing as a player. Obviously Fabio getting on the score sheet finally. Uh, I like to shout out Fabio for making me look like a genius, for making my prediction on off the perch come true <laughs> on both counts. So thanks Fabio. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we'll get to it a bit more when we talk about New England, but of course, I mean, uh, you have, you can I don't think you can really talk about the last two games if you don't mention the strike partnership of Fabio and Klimala. And of course, the other big storyline on the player personal front, I think the last two games, it's the Andres Reyes resurrection tour, ladies and gentlemen, like, uh, the greatest comeback since Lazarus, as they said. <laughs> He's had a, two pretty goddamn good games. You know, I mean, uh, amazing what a player can do when he's not sent off in the first half, right? But solid as a rock at the back. So really big ups on him for uh, for uh, resurrecting his for resurrecting. I think faith. Yeah, when he abilities. doesn't. W- yeah, when he doesn't only have forty minutes, he can spread out the good stuff over a course of <laughs> one hundred eighty minutes. Yeah, and I think. Like, uh, particularly, right, it's an advertisement for what he could do, right? I mean, uh, you saw the uh, mobility off the ball, you saw the presence in the air, the recovery defense, but also, like, I think, more importantly, the ball-playing ability, right? I think um, how how technical and composed he is on the ball and his ability to play it forward on the back line, you know, I think, um, you know, I mean... This is the kind of things that make you realize why I think Red Bull decided to just pull the trigger on someone like him, right? And uh, the most important thing as well is the fact that he's kind of stamped out some of the silly fouls. I think it's in 180 minutes now and no cards, right? Uh, I want to dare say that it's probably been the longest he's gone in MLS without (laughs) finding himself in the referee's book one way or another. So, you know, I mean, good to see that coming from him, you know, like this very quick rebound. Um, I think, uh, rightfully, I think there were a lot of question marks about his discipline, but you know, I mean, he's already making gains on it. So if he keeps this up, like, I think we do have a really, really good player on our hands. Um, any standouts for you from these games or from the Nashville game? From the Nashville game, I would say, well, when, when the lineups were announced, I saw Tom Edwards, I saw Sean Nealis and I saw Reyes on the team sheet and I immediately thought we were playing three center backs. And then by the time uh, kickoff happens, we're looking at Tom Edwards playing at the base of the diamond. And I'm just like, okay, let's <laughs> Yuba Diara is dead officially. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it was see. I, just from the the post game interviews, it just seemed like he had never played that position before, um, and it was like you know over the course of the two games we saw what 
uh, he's capable of. He's very confident over the ball. He's very confident um, playing those uh, line breaking passes. But then he has a little trouble when he has to like turn around, when he has to spin, when he has to uh, turn on guys that he can break on. I just hope, like, I like I like him as a player. I like hopefully that we could see him more on the field in his natural position. But uh, and hopefully we could, we could find some sort of solution. Uh, to play that position uh, at the base of the diamond. Yeah, I mean... But, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, with regards to playing Edwards at right back, it's probably going to involve the sale of a certain Kyle Duncan. But, you oh, know, maybe. I guess on the topic of uh, Kyle Duncan, you know, I mean, I will say... Uh, his Nashville game, very, very good, right? In a way, the very complete two-way performance. Uh, a lot of uh, good defensive moments, but also more importantly, the confidence going forward in attack. Right, some of the search, some of the runs, and of course the goal from long distance of his left foot. Yeah, I mean a lot of very crazy, unlikely things happened that game, and I think that was probably the most. Uh... <laughs> it's the old, it's the Kyle Duncan special where we get two good games and one real stinker. Yeah, I mean I think that. It sucks, right? I mean, like, you have a two-game boom cycle and a one-game bust cycle, like, immediately, like, negates all the value that you wiped, right? I mean, like, this is why I call him, like, the... He's, like, our cryptocurrency, right? He's <laughs> Duncan Coin, basically. Like, you can... <laughs> Kyle Coin. Yeah, Kyle Coin. The, the epitome of get rich or die trying. And, uh... <laughs> Get rich was at the Nashville game. <laughs> Die trying was New England. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, if I'm if I'm going back to your original point about Tom Edwards playing at defensive midfield, I was kind of skeptical about that. And you know, I mean, even though uh, if we were comparing Nashville and New England, I think uh, Nashville showed that even during the Nashville game, I thought, you know, I'm not really convinced he really moves the ball fast enough in order to really be an asset because I think right. there are a couple touches during the game where it was like, oh, shit, I don't have as much time and space in the ball, like, in midfield as I would, like, when I'm in the back line. And then against New England, like, uh, I don't know, it was just, the, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit, right? Yeah. For that 15, 20-minute period after we conceded the first goal and the team just... Uh, you know, they, they, they look rattled and the defense looked a bit porous, right? And I think Edwards uh, and his positioning in uh, defensive midfield, you know, I think uh, kind of shows that he doesn't really know where to be yet, I think. I mean, Struber's saying that, you know, you have to exercise patience with uh, someone trying to learn the position. But the question is that, like, you know, you do have some other midfielders, right, on the team who are more of a natural synergistic fit. So I, I kind of do have to wonder why it is that we're trying to do this experiment with a fullback um, that's only pro that is only currently going to be with us for a year, right? For, until the end of the year. As opposed to, I guess, you know, like, trying one of our other midfield options there. I mean, I understand that for... Um, New England in particular is because of personnel issues, but the way that has been phrased in recent weeks, right, makes it sound like this is going to be a recurring theme until the end of the year. They're going to be trying Tom Edwards at defensive midfield. And that kind of does raise a few question marks for me. I, I, I don't really know if it's the best use of his abilities, to be honest. What if we just keep and... trying him further up the field? Like next, next game he plays as a shuttler. <laughs> 
and then we try him hey, I mean, at, at attacking midfield, and then we just try him as a striker one of these days. Hey, I mean, uh, if he goes up to be the striker, you can go out do the wide play and then cross the ball into the box. Oh yeah, did you, you notice during that? the? Did you notice during the Nashville <laughs> game there was a point where he's like he has he somehow winds up with the ball on the left hand side and he just like we just like we know what he's about to do. He's like he's gonna try to get yeah. the ball on his right foot and try to whip it in, and it's like you can do it, buddy. And then he does the thing, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, 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 that was the wild thing, right? And, and actually, the thing is, is that that cross got completely let down by, by Klimala kind of hashing it. Yeah. And I was like, Patrick, you can do better, man. I mean, he did. Don't get me wrong. But that, that, that cross was saucy, gents. I yeah. mean, you know, I think uh, I will say, like, there's nothing actually precluding us from uh, buying him outright because it kind of does seem that Stoke don't actually really know what they want to do of him what they make of him but for all intents and purposes right now right i mean i think like i said you know i think it's kind of a waste of his crossing ability for him to be playing in defensive midfield you know i yeah. think uh, you can talk about deep crosses all you want but look i think his bread and butter is very clearly out there and uh, out there a wide right and i think uh, because of that he has a proclivity to kind of drift a bit too much to either flank leaving the midfield a bit exposed but you know like they say i think it's some measure of somebody um learning a new the nuances of a new position um but i really do hope that it's only like a temporary stopgap like break in the event of emergency kind of thing you know i i really don't want to want it to be a point where he's like coming out and playing the six like every single week you know I mean, at least Struber's comments in the uh, presser before the game, for the Atlanta game this week, kind of indicates that's the case. But yeah, one of those weird experiments, I guess. So watch this space. Um, let's move away from that, though. Let's talk about something that I'm sure we can all uh, agree is absolutely delicious, right? I mean, like the way that Fabio and Klimala have played these two games, man. Oh I'm my god. You, Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, um, I think we've waited all season for this, and I'm actually just really so glad that we're fi- that that it's finally here. You know, I like um, the the combination on uh, Klimula's goal against New England, especially though, right? I mean, like the chested path, the chested assist. Space, oh my god, that was sauce. The 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 the, lo- the lob into the volley was sick, but the chested pass into the composed finish. Oh my god! That's like, some real finesse. Find... This is like uh, it's like Eric Eric Cantona being like they do not speak the same language except for the beautiful game or something. <laughs> <laughs> On this field, there is nowhere to hide. <laughs> Divers are thrown into the pits. <laughs> It's like, but yeah, you know, I mean, we waited the whole season for this moment, and I'm actually just really glad that it's already paying dividends, right? I mean, like, when's yeah, this the last is the, time? This, this has to have been, like, their first start together, right? Like, the Nashville game? Yeah, Nashville game was their first start together. And, and it immediately, was partially, immediately yeah, paying part- dividends. Yeah. I mean, uh, so who is it? I think it was Pat Haddad who says, like, we look like we're playing shell and soccer out there. Oh, God. that <laughs> Fabio's goal is so... Just insane. Just like watching, like watching it in real time. It's like, 
it's like i didn't like because it because it like because it whacked in off the bar i wasn't sure if it went in or not but it's just like it's like he really did it he really just smacked that ball out of the air just did you hear the ping on the post like on the video oh yeah so satisfying oh my god it was like yeah i was like this is football this football <laughs> ads like he, like he just catches it with the outside of his boot and just swings away just like oh man absolutely iconic celebration as well though i mean like uh so very very happy that he's happy and the rest of the team is happy that he scored basically yeah right i mean uh basically doing his basically doing a tardelli <laughs> celebration <laughs> <laughs> and uh what is it now he's up to one goal six assists on the season if i'm not wow. mistaken which is good shit i mean it's good shit all around good shit um yeah you know i mean uh you're not gonna see too many teams out there with a strike par- a strike partnership like ours, but you know, like you say many times, right? I think the strikers in the system function very differently. Um, they are supposed to be the ones kind of uh, you know leading the press, especially out into the wide channels, and uh, you know I think it results in a more symmetrical press, right? And they exemplify this to a T. I think like I'm very very happy with uh, what we've seen from their white work so far. The hold up play and the combinations, like uh, you know, I think, and this is this is only them and like the first two starts together. So like, imagine like what's gonna happen, you know, when they really start to build up so a little bit of rapport later on in the season. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> we had two strikers, two strikers. Yeah. Question for me then becomes about what happens like uh, with the options behind them. You know, I think uh, you know uh, we obviously traded Brian White. The the other options are Danny Royer, Tom Barlow, and I don't know. I guess uh, nominally, I guess Omir Fernandez can slip and slip slot in there as well. Maybe, but Cam Harper, maybe who knows? Yeah, and 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 even then, like uh, he seems to be in the doghouse right now, right? So, um, I I think it's pretty. I I just want to kind of savor it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Put, anyway. put them both in ice baths. Just just stay careful, guys. It's the like the worst like as bad as the loss against New England felt. The worst part about that is I saw like there was towards the end of the game. I think Klimala was sliding or whatever, and then I noticed what he had on. He was wearing metal studs on that turf, and I'm like, baby, what are you doing? That's like a sheer fire way to like. Just blow up your knees up. and your ankles. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, I hope that our kit men will fit him out with some, like, like we're playing on another turf field this weekend. Yeah, give him some rubber or something. What the fuck, yo? Or even just, like, a regular hard ground pair of shoes. Like, I don't know what. This is an RBA. I can understand yeah. wanting to wear longer studs on a real grass field that's meticulously watered. But good lord, not not on these NFL fields, my guy. Yeah, I mean, jeez, man. Like, <laughs> I have a death wits out there. I mean, this is a guy who just kind of, who who did plow through some chump from, I think, what was it, St. Johnston, right? For, yeah. plow, for firing at top net. Yeah, I can't corner. imagine how many fields you play in, like, in the UK that have turf fields. I don't think there are any. That at least Not you many. play on, yeah. on, like, a professional, at a professional level. Yeah, probably not many. Uh, they may be muddy, waterlogged uh, shit shows, but it's 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 still better than turf, I think. Still 100% real. 
yeah <laughs> for the for the full football experience you know um so yeah i think um so yeah i think uh i i really hope it continues into the next game uh basically um underlying theme though i think over these uh the two games is that suddenly we're starting to look a little bit bare in midfield huh between the international call-ups and a and a and an unfortunate conspiracy by um players body parts against us you know like uh an emergency appendectomy keeping kate and clark out out of the uh, midfield in uh, new england <laughs> and then what i think uh so we ended up going with the midfield lineup of Edwards, Davis, Yearwood, and Amaya, right? I think that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think it, it's pretty crazy that we are already starting to see, like, um, the depths of our midfield be, like, te- be tested to this degree, right? I mean, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but it seems to be, like, there should be some kind of midfield apocalypse going, going on. Yuba Diara with apparently has the most, uh, what is it? The world's worst hamstring injury for him to still be out after two months. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the last time I've seen a hamstring take two months to heal, but you know, I guess if it's recurring or something and they're just not telling us about it, I'm not really sure what's going on, but he's got like Josie Altador hamstrings. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, I, I I just assume that he's dead. Um, of course. Yeah, I think we'll like, s- I, I, so uh, I think when does the the transfer window open? It's it it opens soon, right? With the. I think it's yeah. It's usually sometime in July. Yeah. Honestly, so like, honestly, I think like time if is we're if we're if we're putting so. ourselves in in Lord Kevin Thelwell's shoes, you know, you have options. Um, I mean you you know, you terminate the loan for Yuba Diara that would have otherwise taken him till the end of the year. Um, you, you open that roster spot up. I, I imagine with Caden Clark, with this transfer going, we get something for him. We get like a million in GAM looking forward, going into this transfer yeah. window. Um, and uh, you add on the 400K we got for Brian White as well. So we're probably playing with at least close to 1.4 million. Yeah. And it's rough because it's like... Uh, yeah. Obviously, because because now where the roster is at, you're looking at, well, you you might need a center back. You probably need, or who knows if you need a center back. But like, we have two center backs right now, uh, that are surefire starters, and then Aaron Long coming back from an injury, so we don't know where he'd be at. Uh, we have an obvious need in midfield because we just lost a guy, and we will lose a guy at the end of the year. Uh, yeah. And then we're down what it feels like we're, we're, we're down a striker too. So. Yeah. Like a viable third option, like off the bench. Yeah. Could be Matthias Jorgensen for all, you know, <laughs> we play Matthias Jorgensen at center back. <laughs> That's why he's been working out. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> Not even as a meme. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um yeah, I think um it, it, it's unfortunate really. I mean, I think I do sense some, you know, there's some there's some questions I do think that were flying about how it is that we can still look so thin at this position despite um despite the amount of investment that went in. And I think 
I think really, like I, I, I really still do think that the that for the most part, the the depth of midfield was well constructed under the assumption that none of the deaf guys would be hurt at the same time as the starters are being called up on international duty. Right. And I think it would going into the season, some people would be thinking, uh, Oh, uh, maybe there's, there, there's no one on this team. That's an outright, like, a you know, who seems to outright be in contention for regular call-ups other than Aaron long and Christian Catherish jr. Right. But I think in a way, you know, I guess this is the return of, it is a return of big club problems, right? To suddenly play so well that it warrants the uh, national team, the, the senior national team call-ups of uh, Cal Duncan and Caden Clark into uh, the Gold Cup camp, oh, right? right? To at least make the preliminary roster. Um, is is so, Amaya isn't Amaya there too? Oh yeah, Amaya's there as well. Oh fuck, <laughs> Greg, I so, swear to God. <laughs> so. So yeah, I, I I think that that being said, right, like now I kind of understand like why we were being linked to the likes of like you know Zlatko, Junuzovic a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, the team's playing at the level, at a level where there's going to be interest from national teams in our players again, right? I think we're where I think it's not just uh, the fans that are sitting up and taking notice that this is a Red Bull team. That seems to be on the way back. That's also the national team call-ups, right? Like they've noticed that we have players that can contribute and are valued. Okay. I think um, the call-ups are a testament of that, right? There's interest and buzz in our players again. Okay. And um, because of that, you know, I think um, we have to be prepared I guess there's only so much that you can do with the, you know, the, the amount of limited roster spots in the cap space that we have. But, you know, I think um, one thing that we do when we analyze the team going forward is that we have to understand that, unfortunately, we are going to have to mitigate absences for national team duty once more, right? We're we're out of the doldrums now. It's not going to be 2019, 2020, where like only Aaron Long would probably be missing regularly because of that. No, we're good again. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish there One was another those... way to recognize these players. Yeah, other than national team call-ups. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it infor- I regret to inform everyone, ladies and gentlemen, that the New York Red Bulls are a team that aim the aim that uh, watchers at the game find interesting once more. Oh, <laughs> what horrible times to be in, right? And, and 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 I think like that's the key to understanding the, the, new, the new England game for me, right? Is that it was basically lost in 15 minutes of a of a very thin roster being losing their heads, you know. And I think it does, like you say, highlight the need to pursue options in midfield. You know, I think. Yeah, no, no, to pursue, to pursue an options in midfield in uh, the summer. And I would think that Clark moving now to Leipzig to release the money for us to use probably indicates that the team is also looking to bring in at least a couple names in the summer to plug the holes in this mine that we are now emerging. You know, uh, I'm not sure when Copa America ends. Like, are Venezuela poised to go deep? Do you, have I you don't think so. I think the way the the group stages are set up it's it's kind of unorthodox where it's like uh it's like instead of instead of groups of four it's like two groups of five i think 
and I don't think that uh, Venezuela are in. Yeah, Venezuela are bottom of their group, so I don't. It's not looking that likely they make it out. So it's likely we get CCJ back sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, even with CCJ back, like uh, I don't know how long appendectomies generally take the heal. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I'll assume that Clark will be out for at least another two or three weeks, right? I think that'd probably be like, a, could it be even longer? Who the fuck knows? But yeah, I assume it's two to three weeks. So I assume that um, in the meantime, you'll probably be seeing more opportunities be given to Drew Yearwood, who has looked really good. Right? I think uh, another positive from the New England game, you know, once again, like uh, very, you know, always driving to play forward. and. Uh, the incision on the passing, you know, I think all, I would say, you know, hot take, probably the most dynamic midfielder on the team right now in terms of uh, everything that he's able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, so I, but, but apparently still working his way back up to full fitness after missing a bit of preseason. But, you know, I mean, I think, uh, I think the way he's played so far this season, really putting a lot of doubters to bed, I think. Um, he he. I I've been encouraged what I've seen. Basically, I I do think uh, at some point, all all things considered, like I would be very very alarmed and very very annoyed if he doesn't get some kind of extended starting run, like during this period, especially mm-hmm. where we're where we're short in midfield because of international call ups and injuries. Um. Uh. So. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we are. Um, other things about the New England game that kind of stood out, I, I honestly didn't really get a chance to watch it because, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we have we, we do this thing called work for money, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> they keep trying wait to make wage labor happen, and I keep telling them it's not going to happen. <laughs> this doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, I think if if we're looking at the three goals, it just feels like goals that we wouldn't have conceded in 2018 because it just feels like these goals are like, like I don't want to be hardo about it, but it just feels soft. Like these these goals come from soft situations, like mm. like the the backline being pretty porous on the first goal. Kyle Duncan kind of just like dying and resurrecting himself on the second goal where he gets like knocked over and then. Brandon by you know recovers faster than he does and there just leaves a hole in the midfield and then uh the third goal with uh Gustavo Bo just like running I swear to god every fucking goal he scores is just literally him running up the field being one on with a goalkeeper like I don't see him score literally any other kind of goal uh and it's just like in 2018 like just like taxi would have been there just like two foot in like it wouldn't even like he would have gotten the ball but I feel like Kyle Duncan, Kyle Duncan would have went up in my in my uh, in my stocks if he just like decided to 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 get the red card there. It's like <laughs> just do the uh, the Oligonus Solskjaer basically. Yeah, man, it's just, just hack hack at him, <laughs> bring him down. Um, yeah, and like it was incredibly frustrating because again, it's not like we were blown out. It's like we were pretty much in that game until yeah, the final right. whistle. It's, it's exactly so, yeah. like literally I was like 
before the Andres Reyes goal, I was about to post, you know, I hate these stages of the game where it feels like we can pull one back and that we like, it just feels like we, we're going to get one. And then we got one. And I'm like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Don't here we go. Here, here I go. Gotta, I'm going to wait, wait for that third goal to come in. And it's just like, uh, which is better. I guess it's better than being blown out, but still just the, uh, yeah. the ordeal of it all. Yeah, I think I think in spite of everything, the the the, set, the, the feeling that I had, you know, th- is that it's good that this team is never actually truly out of any situation that they find themselves in, right? You compare yeah. this to like 2019, 2020, where they concede and you're like, oh god damn it, that's it, it's just going to be an ugly one nil loss, yeah, right? No fight, no direction, just just slowly killing time for 85 minutes. As we mean into the ball back and forth, right? Yeah. None of that, right? We we can concede three goals and we're still back in it <laughs> by by the seventy fifth. Yeah. Like, um, so I at least appreciate that about this team. You know, it's really, I mean, I I I hate that we're still saying this in mid, late June, but it's still a matter of ironing ironing out some of the kinks at the back in these situations. Like, yeah. really, we're so close. We are literally so close. All we need to do is not concede three goals on the road, and we'll <laughs> win away games, right? Because we're because we're scoring at a pretty decent clip. I mean, like we haven't scored more than two goals a game all season, but at least it's a very consistent two goals a game, right? Right. And I and uh, you know, as a Thierry once said, like sometimes in football you have to score goals, and that's exactly what we're doing right Some, now. Sometimes you got to score goals. You can't can't argue against that. Yeah. Um. So it's like you said, you know, I mean, I, I, I went back and saw the highlights and I was like, oh, God damn it. Not this fucking shit again. <laughs> right. Like, I think, I think uh, you know, I think Kyle Duncan definitely rightfully getting a lot of uh, the criticism, I think, for. Um, but I also just think it's been a bit, bit of the product of a, you know, of a makeshift midfield. And it kind of shows, right. The guys kind of didn't really know. Uh, kind of lost your heads a little bit for that 15, 20 minute period and it got punished to the max. You know, I mean, uh, all the holes that were popping up all over the place because uh, the spine of the team just completely disappeared, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, Edwards looking a bit like, like uncertain about where he was actually supposed to be at, at the base of the team. Uh, then I think you also have to factor in the fact that, you know, I think uh, Sean Nealis, unfortunately, I think his first real stinker this season happened against New England. Uh, Reyes, uh, you know, I mean, Reyes has been the pick of the lot. So, I mean, the really only player I think who kind of gets away scot-free. And, you know, I mean, I think uh, even the goalkeeper deserves a bit of stick, right? Not not on the second goal. You know, I think uh, in, the, in this particular case, um, I will actually fault Cornell slightly for the third more so than the second. You know, people will kind of be like, oh, you shouldn't be beaten at the near post. But I mean, the second goal, I can kind of make a bit of an excuse because it's a well-driven shot from inside the box that goes across his body in a kind of an awkward position to be tr- attempting a uh, save of his hands, right? Um, but on the third goal, I mean, like you said, are you already see Gustavo Bo like fucking running down at you, right? I don't really understand, uh, you know, and, and, and I understand wanting to stay back to close down the angle in the event that he decides to... Uh, you know, try and goad him into taking an extra touch inside the box. But Bo took like Bo took like two extra touches inside the box and he still didn't come out. And then he ended up having the ball dinked over him anyway. You know, I think um dinked with the outside of his right foot. Like, come on, man. 
Yeah, I mean, like, like, okay, okay. I mean, like, yeah. For for the most part, you did you, you he did the right thing right up until the part where he's supposed to contest the ball, like when the striker takes the initial touch inside the box. <laughs> you know, like I think the angle should be should should, should be getting tighter on that angle. You know, uh, it's a completely preventable third goal. But you know, I think like the, at that point, like uh, you have to wonder like why it is that Bo has another fucking one on one to begin with, right? So it begins further up the field. I think on um, the fact that we kind of fucked up our positioning on a set piece, on defending a set piece counter, right? And yeah. we were punished for it, basically. The problems already started further high up the field, I would probably say, in that particular incident. So it was a contributing factor, but it wasn't like the fatal flaw, I would say. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, again, you know, the signs of a makeshift team. And even when we're makeshift, we still find a way to get ourselves back into it. It's probably the most frustrating thing. Like, will we ever see a fully healthy eleven that, <laughs> that we can that we can make these judgments on? Because I mean, I think if you consider the circumstances, it's been relatively okay, right? The way that we've mitigated, we've we've managed things so far. But it's frustrating, you know. And I, I do share a lot of the frustrations I've been voiced because we know that the way this team has played this is that they are a lot better than what the current record indicates, right? Like, there's no way, like. We we should really be in a lot better than like what sixth or seventh in the East right now, but it's just yeah. that silly individual mistakes have sunk and continue to sink us. You know, yeah. and like you know, the longer the season goes on, the less that becomes excusable, right? Like after a while, it's like a, you can blame the personnel, you can blame decisions all you want, but you can blame individual moments all you want. But also, it has questions that have to be asked about like how, if how the roster's been constructed. If that's the case, right? We lose like one or two guys, and suddenly the whole thing falls apart. Like it can't be that. It can't be that every single year, surely. Yeah. Right. You know, very, very, very fair questions being brought. I mean, anyway. Yeah. You have to think about what, what like gets you over the line. Cause it's like, we're, I think it feels like we're winning games. We should be winning and we're still in games that we should still be in, but it's like, we haven't played DC yet, which seems like a competent team again. Um, We'll be playing Orlando that hopefully will be, you know, uh, a stronger team going in. Uh, have we played Cincinnati this year? I can't remember. Or no, we no we haven't. Like uh, that that yeah. I mean, the start of the season schedule has been really tough. But yeah. yeah, we haven't played Cincinnati yet. We haven't played Tragedy Miami FC yet. Like, Inter <laughs> Miami. I'm sorry. Uh, not the original Miami <laughs> FC from 15 years ago. More um, of a Fort Lauderdale Strikers kind of guy. Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Um, I never got to see them as the strikers. I only ever saw them as Miami FC, but that's a story for another time. But it's like, uh, (laughs) we haven't played New York city FC yet. Like they're just backloading all these like games at the end of it, but it's just like, and again, like, I don't know what Atlanta is at, like we can talk about, we're going to talk about Atlanta, but like Atlanta are, if they lose to us, they are officially crisis club mode. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's one of the, it's another one of those games where it's like it's we're primed uh to we're primed to take advantage where we need to. But again, it's yeah. on the road and uh we got to it's like uh the 2016 season where you need to get the monkey off our back of these away games. Yeah, but but the difference with 2016 is that like we were blowing 2-0 leads on the road, right? And like the oh, <laughs> as, as opposed true. to like conceding 3 and then clawing our way back, I guess. And we were playing um, Salzizo at 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 center back. Yeah. Oh man. 
Uh, you go back and look at the list of the defenders that we were charting out, like in 2016. I think it'll Call really it. send you for a fucking playing trip, taxi yeah. at, at left center back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't need to revisit those days. <laughs> we, do we do not. Um. Yeah, n- that's the deal for me. You know, I mean, I I kind of do understand now that I've had some time to think about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it has been a very tough start to the season in terms of schedule, and I think um just based off of this, I think it's a show. You know, I mean, I don't. We we may unfortunately only quite be mid table level quality at this moment in time, but you know, I think uh you know if we finish like third or fourth in the East, like uh, it's a pretty good turnaround from like just. Just scraping by under Chris Armas, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I, I still do think that we should be poised to be contending for the top of it, assuming that we gel and get healthy later in the season. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to my next point, right? Like, the easy games are coming up in July and August. You know, we have to take full advantage of that. You know, this continues in a July and August, where we're still dropping, dropping really easy games from winnable positions. I would be pretty fucking pissed. I'm not going to lie. And of course, it does seem like a couple of reinforcements are in the way. I would hope that that would be the case. We'll talk about that in just a bit. But before we do that, I think, well, I think we've got, we've talked about it long enough, right? I think so. Let's just close out the, uh, epi- uh, this discussion in bit with the stocks from the last two games. <laughs> um, so we'll do it on a consolidated basis, right? So based on what you saw for both Nashville and New England, uh, and I'm going to start by giving my three stocks to biggest one of all would definitely be Andres Reyes. I think uh, the redemption tour is on. Very much been impressed by what he's done. Uh, he's settled a lot of, I think, doubts, I think, with his ability to that, contribute to team at MLS. And I do hope that he, the discipline issues um, continue to not be present while he's on the field. <laughs> I realize I kind of phrased that a bit weird, but you know, it's early, so can you really blame me? Um, my second stock up, you know, I think uh, I'm going to give it collectively to Fabio and Klimala because yeah, they've come as advertised, been very, very happy with what I've seen. Like, this is a really fun combination to watch, and I'm very glad that we have them for the rest of the year. My last stock up is a guy I haven't really gotten the chance to talk about much, but I think Sean Davis deserves another one just because I think uh, he was like kind of the unsung hero against Nashville, right? I mean, Caden Clark, I think, drawing the plaudits for his, um, rightfully drawing the plaudits for his performance. But of course, you have to also give props to Sean Davis, right? Because I think uh, very key in helping to break down and mitigate, uh, sorry, in helping to facilitate play against Nashville mm-hmm. in the tight spaces, you know, dealing with the uh, physicality very well, um, dealing with physicality very well, and moving the ball forward always. You know, yet another steady performance, I think, of someone who's probably been the most consistent game-to-game player, I think, uh, this year. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about Sean Davis is, like, we know his limitations, and yet they never seem to weigh him like he figured like he figures it out like we're like yeah. oh well like we know he can't he's not uh he's not comfortable uh playing off his left foot and he still figures out a way to spin guys like i it's like like what do you do the guy it's yeah. like uh it's like watching nikola Jokic. like yeah we know what he what he can't do but he still <laughs> figures a way 
He can't keep getting away with this. He can't keep getting away, away with, with again. this. <laughs> He's really mastered the uh, Chevy turn, though, like uh, in the half on the uh, the half turn into space. Yeah, man. So you know, I think someone's definitely been unfortunately watching some Barcelona videos. So maybe I'll have to revoke my stock up for that one. Um, <laughs> maybe he's been watching like Leon Britton at Swansea. No, I'm kidding. That would not be good either. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it was it was the good Martinez years. You know, I think uh, we we can make some leeway for that before old, he uh, decided the, to make everyone a wing back. So Brandy Rogers. Um, Oh wait! Oh wait! No, I thought he was around when Bobby Martinez brought them up as well. Though, I think they it? both. He he was under both managers. Oh okay, right, right. Yeah, but it was like during Brendan Rodgers when uh, when people were like, he has more accurate passes than Xavi, and I'm like, well, you're both playing square balls five yards away. From you, so take it easy, guys. <laughs> yeah, chill the fuck out, boys. <laughs> Stock down. Oh man. Uh, not really sure where to begin with this one. Uh, I'm probably gonna give a stock down, unfortunately, to Tom Edwards, <laughs> just because <laughs> of like my uncertainty about whether or not he should really be deployed at defensive midfield. Uh, this may be a bit blasphemous, I guess, on this podcast as well, but unfortunately, Big Kev kind of gets a bit of a knock as me for, from me as well, just simply because we find ourselves in the personal situation that we do right now. Um. Maybe a bit unfair, but you know, I mean, I if, if he's really as big as he is, I think he'll have a good showing in the summer transfer window. Very funny that I'm talking about him like a player, right? But, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, just I think it's really just more about the questions about like you know how the roster's been constructed and how are it, and the players he's brought in have been really good. It's just that you know I think I just wonder why the same issues have been. Uh, plague past iterations of this team are popping up again but you know it could very well be a league issue as opposed to like an executive issue but i do think uh there would be some of the criticism that's been levied against him has been fair you know i don't know if i i wouldn't say i agree with all of it but they are very fair questions you know that's how i would say it is i'm not saying that he sucks i'm not saying that we should fire thelwell now I'm just saying that I think there are some rightful questions about the team that are being raised that are valid right now. Most of them have to do with the fact that um, it seems that the loss of personnel has kind of affected us. Uh, stock down, my last one, I I think I will have to... I mean, I, I, I hate to do it, but it has to go to Cal Duncan, man. Like... <laughs> Uh, it's so mean. I don't like doing it because, like, he had his best game of the season against Nashville and then followed it up with, like, a bus cycle, like a bus game. Yeah. Right? But that's exactly why, like, I have to give him a stock down. You know, I mean, like, the reliability issues piss me off. I'm sorry they do. Yeah. I know he can be a really good player. I know he's got a good performance in him. But on a game-to-game basis, if you don't know which player you're going to get, then I just say we fucking move him. Because we have a decent right back in Tom Edwards who can slot right in. Yeah. You know? Like, after a while, he's 24 fucking years old, I like to point out. After a while, this is going to be what we're seeing, right? Two good games, one bad game. Every single time. 
you have to you have to get what you can out of him at this point. You know, and I think with the Gold Cup, I hope he does well in the Gold Cup because to drive that market value up. Because, you know, I think we we cannot keep making excuses, I think, for inconsistency and switching off at pivotal moments. You know, there's a certain point where we have to move on from that. And I'm convinced that we're inching closer and closer to it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That does it for me. How about you? All right. Um, yeah, it's it's the stocks are weird because we're looking at it as a two game thing. Uh, yeah, I guess I could start with the stocks down. I think it's not a huge gripe, but I don't think Amaya, Frankie Amaya, had oh yeah, two, true, 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 two great games. I think it just felt like he was underperforming. It just felt like, and then like coming off early in the second half. I think both games or no, he played, he played like 80 versus Nashville, but it just felt like um, his influence on the game waned uh, these past two games. And we were fortunate enough that like Caden Clark kind of stepped up against Nashville, but um, yeah, but he's still a young player. Like I always forget how young he is. It's like, I forget that he didn't play four years of college ball and we got him and he had already like played one or two seasons, you know, in the league already Um, to the Kyle Duncan point, you know, just trying to think of like past like defender problems we've had like it feels like Kyle Duncan gets a pass for these mistakes despite consistently like we like we know like that third game he's gonna have uh, a poor time out there and it's like at this point he's had more as many if not more defensive lapses than like Amir Murillo did and we I don't see like RB discussion group. I don't see like fans get on his back about it as much. And I don't get it. I, I do not get yeah. it. I, I agree. Like he also doesn't have the offensive fluidity that Amir had, right? It was saucy. It's super weird. Amir. Like what, thinking about his goals. Cause it's not like, it's like, it feels like he's just like this individual player floating around. Like it's his goals are, it's literally just him with the ball and him shooting and just like relying on his like it, it, his goals are never like him playing a one two with somebody. It's never like yeah, it's like he's never. Sometimes a he gets on the end of chances, force. but it's just it's super weird to like where how he exists on the field. Yeah, like I think we've touched upon it in the past, right? It's not. It's always moments in isolation, but right. never a consistent like presence or force that's yeah. influencing the game. You know, and 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 and, and you know, I mean, like. That, that's the benchmark I'm going to put him up against. He's not Amir Murillo, quite frankly. I think Murillo, there's a reason why Amir's in Europe right now. Right? He's got that silkiness. He's got that fluidity to his game where he can constantly influence the game in the right-hand channel. Mm-hmm. As Kyle Duncan did not. He's really more of like a fireman, if you ask me, right? He's going out to like put out fires and like do things in isolation and then just kind of not do anything until he's called upon again. Yeah, I mean, and, and Struber has brought it up too that like he pulls him aside and it's like, you, like Kyle, you must not let things. Why do you let things get to you? It's only it's only game. Why <laughs> you have to be mad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, finish, finish, please. Oh, I think that's it. I'm uh, as as the games go on, it's hard to like uh, get a stocks up and down when like we have a different eleven every single time. <laughs> Yeah, that is fair. That is fair. 
Part of um, me wonders if, like, if, if if we anticipate like the third game, it's like we just do some like roster shenanigans where it's like Kyle Duncan plays two good games and then we loan him back to RB two for that third one and he still plays like a stinker, <laughs> but then we bring him back in time. Oh wow, <laughs> it's like it's like we, like we try it once before MLS is like okay, don't do that. That's gonna make the playoff run like pretty fucking confusing though. Eh? Right, because uh, if you have like home leg away leg, and then you have like a third game in the playoff spot, I mean, I I, I guess that's when you like uh, rotate and put in Tom Edwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless he has to be a case where he has to play in order to like get the bad JoJo off, so maybe you just sub him late. <laughs> oh game. yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't know how it, how it's coded. Like, uh, I'm gonna have to ask the devs for that one. But yeah, um. Yeah, good shout on the Amaya thing, though. I think I completely overlooked that, and it kind of shows you how he's played the last two games. That I yeah, kind of forgot. anonymous performances. Forgot which, about him, yeah. True, yeah. very true indeed. Um, which, you know, is he doing stuff wrong? Is it, or is it just a case that he's just not uh, uh, playing out of his mind? You know, when they say, what's the phrase? Like, if you do everything right, it's like you're doing nothing at all, but it just feels like he's, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, uh, it's a bit like um, not doing anything to stand out, but also not really doing anything to elevate the team. I guess this is like, kind of like, who was who that guy on uh, the Aston Villa teams who had like uh, that 100% passing rate, but it was only because he was like playing the ball like three yards to the left or right of him every single time. Exactly. Ashley, that, was, that, was, that was pretty Ashley much what I think was, it was. Yeah. Was it Mark Noble or something? I don't know. No, it wasn't Mark Noble. It was, uh, it was but it would be, player, that would have anyway. been, that was Leon Britton at Swansea. <laughs> we're only talking about wales this much because they're playing denmark later right and you know so come on wales. uh yeah bith. if you don't like wales then fuck off uh <laughs> anyway uh yeah so i think that brings us to uh i think that brings us to um the next part of the uh, podcast where we talk about player movement and oh boy has has there been player movement right We've mentioned many times one million dollars of smackaroos at least for Caden Clark, who moves to RB Leipzig at the end of the year. And you know, I think uh, everybody fucking saw this coming, right? I mean, uh, right. If, if you were shocked by this, like, do you even watch soccer? Like, seriously? Like, I, I do not understand why people <laughs> were shocked by. It. Like, I don't. Like, it would have been, it would have been totally a shocking if Leipzig were like, actually, we're going to take him now. Like, that would have be, I would perfectly understand that. But like. He's on this team because he was loaned to us from the beginning of the season. Like we know this guy's right. Yeah, and like, like he's I don't only know, like, do, because did he pe- was. Yeah, like did, did people think he was going to be here for an extra season? I don't. Like we're taught this is, this is red. This is the Red Bull system. If anything, he's too old now. <laughs> uh, I mean, that what does bring up the point though? I mean, like he was identified by Leipzig scouts and brought into New York because of convenience. Like the only reason why you had him to begin with was because of Red Bull scouting yeah quite frankly so i mean like you know i think uh as has been pointed out numerous times by other posters on twitter and there are really too many of them to name at this point like there is no way an 18 year old with this much upward trajectory is going to say no to playing champions league soccer with a team in europe that he's already familiar with the tenets of right being coached by our former manager as well may i add that so um Look, I mean, everybody saw this coming. Uh, the most important thing, I think, for us, an immediate implication is that I think it does free up 
some money right to go and spend in the uh, summer transfer window and uh we still have them until the end of the year so right, right. i think uh, now you have to start building the contingency i presume that the contingency actually oddly enough could already be here in america right when we're talking about wickleman carmona who I think could probably start playing more of a year, more of a role either towards the end of the year. I mean, early as early as the end of the year, or and go into the next season like I think uh, primed to uh, go for a starting position. And you know, if that's the case, then you know, I mean, this isn't Carmona is another guy who was uh, scouted by Leipzig and brought to us because they thought that we could develop him, right? So very similar position to Caden Clark. The only difference between him and Caden Clark is that he's Venezuelan. You know, like it's a very similar position <laughs> to be funny. And he's left footed. And he's left footed. And I guess he's uh, got a really nice uh, set piece delivery. But uh, that being said, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you know, I think um, he's probably been, yeah, I mean, probably been the best player all season uh, on an all around basis. So, um, you know, I think it's not, not warranted. I certainly think, uh, you know, he, uh, He's, he's shown his talent on both sides of the ball to everyone, right? Even skeptics like uh, me, admittedly, at the start of the year, have been impressed. You know, I yeah. think uh, 18 years old playing like this on both sides of the ball, I mean, that's fantastic. You know, and I think it's fully deserved that he gets the chance now to go to Germany and, you know, maybe see as a star keep on rising. Yeah, credit to but him. But he was never least. really truly ours. Right. Which kind right. of he, like he's, makes he's, me it's super like... weird to see like the academy take credit for him. Like, guys, he was not like yeah. he was we had you know it, it would have been interesting to, to see him be here the whole time. What were you saying? Yeah, it was like we had to trade money to Minnesota to get him. For and even then they only life. got like they only it's so funny. I was it was you think it was like on Twitter scams and flams was saying that like the funny thing is that they only got like 75k for it and they still got dragged for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you what you did mention though like it does bring up a point though. I mean like there's no way in- 18 year old kid is gonna say no to a uefa champions league club to play in mls yeah like as much as it sucks for me to say like mls does not have that clout in the global hierarchy right you know like 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 this is what a selling league is supposed to do you guys right like we could like we, we could we could go over over the litany of points of like what what a selling team is and how many selling teams there are in the world and what teams aren't considered selling teams and it's like who do we bring in like what is i don't know i'm thinking about Car- like Car- carlos heel had like a a, a a a 10 out of 10 game against us versus new england and it's like people were like well why don't we get a player like that like do you think carlos keel 10 years ago was that kind of player yeah <laughs> like you were not watching him at aston villa 10 years ago i'm sorry yeah like like oh why don't we get raul like i would like to have raul Ruiz diaz but it's like how do you know like fucking fucking gonzalo eva iguain is playing in this league one of the best strikers of the past 10 years in europe and he's like talking about fucking <laughs> he's like smoking a cigarette at halftime cigarettes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like you know i think like this is like one of those weird like self-proving fallacies or something right like uh it's always after the someone does the thing that it's proof of the concept right but like the person who does the thing is always changing right it's never 
it's always the it's always the latest Johnny come lately that gets all the plaudits, right? Which is why I don't really pay attention to this kind of discourse that much, you know, to be to be completely honest with you. I mean, I think it's just basically just reacting to whoever is the latest person to catch your eye yeah. that you hadn't heard of before that now you think that we should go and sign. I mean, like we did have that kind of player. Yeah. We had Kaku, but you yeah. guys shot on him the entire time that he was here, so why the fuck do I care? Like, I'm not going to yeah. pay attention to you because of that shit. But anyway, um, I'm, gonna, I'm, d- I'm done subtweeting folks on my podcast about this. They probably <laughs> but yeah, if we, this go back anyway, to Caden, so. if we go back to Caden Clark, it's sort of like, you know, we, despite being called a feeder club, we've sent two players to RB Leipzig. We sent Tyler, who, uh, and we've sent Clark, who I think two sort of generational talents. We have Tyler, who from the Red Bull system, from from birth, let's say, just coming up through the system, growing up within the system. And then uh, Caden Clark, credit to him, is a player who did not come up through the – he had to learn this system. I know he's still young, but, like, he was – you know, who knows what his life could have been if he was, like, still in Minnesota playing for whatever the Minnesota Lightning Academy and whatever tactics they were using over there. Or if he was, like, still in Arizona at whatever Tiki Taka wank shit – money laundering operation that barcelona was running out there um yeah it's gonna be my new conspiracy theory actually that caden clark helped to hide messi's taxes oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's Um, it's it's in like bottles of like of of the whey protein supplements that his dad is taking (laughs) it's like caden did you put the accounts payable in my whey protein again Why to make him it's sound just like full of hundred euro bills? Like, wait a minute, Caden, <laughs> who gave you all this money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the Red Bull. It was the Red Bull check. It came to. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. I. I. That, yeah. That. That's the crazy thing for me. Um. Yeah. Credit to him for like coming into the system and just coming learning it up from usl and contributing at mls level in the space of like what it's been like 18 months i think that's that's a pretty good character arc that's the good shit and it's worth pointing out like i think uh, it's proof again you know of the uh, pathways that we can offer um talent like this you know i think uh, they came to they come to new york because they think that they have a chance to go to Leipzig if they do well here, and you know what? Yeah. That's fine. If you're if you're going to be giving us like uh, Champions League quality level players to develop, then you know what? As I say, we go ahead and do it. Like, um, yeah, no, no real complaints from me there. Um, and if you look at like elite squads in Europe, it's like not all of their local guys are going to stick around. You're going to get some guys who stick around on the team. There's some guys who are going to leave. Some guys who would leave and just be good at other teams. It's like we're a big club. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah we're gonna get and to anyway, the point like, like half every team in the league has a former red bull player yeah and, and, and anyway it's kind of at the point where like that money's being reinvested anyway right i mean i think uh you know i think we've shown a proclivity that we are going to be using as a splash to cash and the right players that we want to bring in first of all with the you know i mean klimala obviously then uh you have um being linked to a five million dollar move for uh siad haksabanovic over the mm-hmm. uh, winter unfortunately that didn't go through but, you know, I mean, again, you know, like, this is good for the team in the long term, again, because we prove the the path to Europe, right? Again, we finally have the second in the chain behind Tyler Adams that we can point to. Uh, and specifically, it was for someone who wasn't brought it, who wasn't developed by the Red Bull system, right? Like you said, and that's kind of an important selling point, right? 
to uh, you know prospective uh, pro players out there who may not necessarily be affiliated with us. They say like, hey, you know, you come to us, you learn our ways, we can get you moving to Europe very very soon, as long as you excel. You know, it doesn't necessarily just have to be Red Bull homegrowns anymore, right? Cast a wider net, but also in the short term, right? With the the one point five. With the now with the one million uh, at least one million dollars in allocation money that we're going to be getting for this transfer, you know, I think um, comes at a very opportune time to spend. And I do think uh, I'll bring a couple questions up from the mailbag here because I think uh, they are pretty relevant um, to this. So Corey Deneen, thanks for the question. We have a massive influx of Garver Bucks, Fire Caden Clark's transfer. Some talks already about where the club can spend some of this. At the moment, but I love to hear where you guys think we should be spending our funny money this summer transfer window. And I think we've already hinted at this earlier in the episode, right? So defense, midfield. I think getting the spine right yeah. or reinforcing the spine of this team should be the top priority. You know, I think uh, I'm not sure we have. I'm sure we still have the money to like uh, get one at each position, right? Because of uh, our discretionary tam as well, on top of the tam that we've just received from this transfer. Um, and I don't think we're running out of cap space anytime soon. Like, I do think we have some cap room to work with. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I do think we have some cap room. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since I think we freed up some money, right? With David Jensen being moved to Belgium. Uh, oh, yeah, we never mentioned that. I mean, <laughs> what else is there really to mention, right? <laughs> like, I just, I just, like, you just made me remember David Jensen. Oh, yeah, like, he's gone. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> gone too He's, soon. He, at at Vesterlo or whatever. I'm more of a Easterloo kind of guy, you know. <laughs> Sorry, that was stupid. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So to answer your question, Corey. I think like I, I don't really think we need to overthink this one, right? Like, uh, I wish I could. I'm not going to pull out some silly hipster nonsense and be like, oh, actually, I think Red Bull, if you know the way that they like to pass the ball in Area 17, they could use an engine <laughs> to blah, 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 blah. No, I'm going to keep it really simple with this one. Reinforce the spine of the team. I think we need a defensive midfielder and a defender. I think that's the most pressing need right now. Yeah. Defender, especially when you consider that we don't know how Aaron Long is going to be when he comes back. Right? So, yeah, I think that's probably our priorities right now. Yeah, I would agree. Just because, uh, for the sake of those are, we we literally are missing guys due to injury. Yeah, and I think this answers the question from uh, Ed Ritter as well, right? You can only bring in one player in the next window. What position do you want to strengthen most? Take into account short and long term considerations. And I think if gun to my head, I have to do it. If I'm making one transfer permanent, it'll be a defender. I think mm-hmm. uh, we have reinforcements for defensive midfield, assuming everybody gets healthy, right? Because I think uh, it's our Shuttler that, that's kind of hurting us at the moment, oddly enough. We have Sean Davis who can slot into the six with uh, some of the Shuttlers ahead of him. You, go, you have the likes of Caden Clark, uh, you know, Ka- Christian Castro's junior. Um, you know, I think Omir Fernandez can slot in there. Uh, Drew Yearwood obviously can slot in there. Florian Velo is still on the way back, can slot in there. And in theory, you know, you have Frankie Maya, you have Cameron Harper, you have a whole bunch of guys at the Shuttler position. Just that they are all either hurt or unsure right now. Yeah. Ricky Carmona is another one that mm-hmm. I just touched upon briefly, but he's another one who can end up there. Yeah, so I think it's health for defensive midfield in the short term, but in the long term, 
I would probably say that center back is a more pressing need. So yeah, I think if I only bring in one player, it'd probably be a center back. Yeah, I would agree. Just for the sake of like, this team doesn't have, even with, like we were literally down to 10 men and like we still have no problem generating chances. So I feel like, and yet the back line will still seem porous even with a full man back line. So yeah. that's even where the pressing need is. I guess one, my question would be uh, you make one, like you have all the money in the world to make one stupid transfer. Who do you bring in at any position? Like you just want to see, like it doesn't matter if it makes sense. You just, you want, want to see one guy on this team. <laughs> who, who do you bring in? Mm, oh man. Like assuming unlimited monies. I mean, I mean I'm obviously going to go out and buy like, you know, I think Fabio, Fabio and Klimala are better than Messi, so uh, obviously not bringing him in. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to raise a few eyebrows. Um, I mean, I think the most pressing need for us is a defender. But, you know, I think if you're, yeah, I think if you're opening up, see, that's the thing, you know, like once you once you take money off as a constraint, like, it, 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 it's open season <laughs> right you just want to bring in a guy it's just a guy you've seen bring in a guy. Like, you know what he should he yeah. should he would be cool exactly so it'd probably be killian mbappe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that would be oh young, God, that'd be so sick. attacking flair that'd be like he's probably the most upward trajectory like he's a player with the most upward trajectory in soccer right now right so oh obviously I'm taking killian mbappe killian if money mbappe. and prestige wasn't an issue jesus but, christ I think to make it a bit more interesting, I think some center back targets I could we could look at. You know, I think uh, I've been very, very long, been bandering for like uh, more AZN players on the team. Signed Kim Min Jae from Beijing Guoan. I'm fucking begging you, please. He's a one away. Wow. <laughs> He's only 24 years old. He's a full international, one meter, 90 cm. Very mobile, can play the ball forward. Please, Kevin Thelwell, bring Kim Min Jae to New York and activate the Korean population all across the metro area. Yeah, motherfuckers coming from like Fort Lee by the coach load to say hello to Kim Min Jae. Oh yeah, and then we if uh, he needs a translator, we can get Peaches from View from Two O Two a job. <laughs> yeah, give Peaches a job, man. Seriously, for real, and then he can do like a whole. Uh, all access video where they go shoe shopping in oh, New yeah. York. <laughs> Jobs for the lads. Good shit, lads. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I really got for the uh, transfer questions. I guess we'll preview Atlanta re- briefly before we get into the rest of the other questions. We find ourselves at an interesting time in MLS history, I guess, in the meta of things, where the two marquee clubs um, from the legendary 2018 system are at a crossroads, right? I think um, uh, Atlanta, interestingly, in a similar way to us, kind of fell apart after Tata Martino left at the end of the 2018 season and uh, still trying to unfuck the vestiges of Frank de Boer, right? <laughs> the uh, worst manager in the history of the Premier League, Frank de Boer. <laughs> Seven uh, 12, games, seven losses, seven games, zero seven goals. Loss, zero goals. <laughs> <laughs> that if, uh, you know, if uh, Ezekiel were to play under me, he will only know how to win. But if Ezekiel <laughs> were to play under him, he will only learn how to lose. 
because he lost every game. <laughs> yeah, so I think, uh, interestingly enough, right, the presence or lack thereof, I think, of an overarching ideal, I should say, other than let's splash the cash in the latest South American hype machine, hasn't really paid off for Atlanta ever since Tato Martino left. You know, I think Arthur Blank's money hasn't quite been able to patch a gap that there doesn't seem to be a manager in charge that has any idea of what to do with uh, the talent that he has on the roster, despite all that they've spent. You know, I think uh, it's a far cry from the days of uh, when Pitti Martinez was going to be the best player in MLS before he even kicked the ball, <laughs> right? Because uh, now they find themselves, I think, what, ninth in the East? Kind of uh, with Gabriel Henze still trying to figure out, like, what this team is supposed to be accomplishing. You know, I think Hinze came to uh, the the league with like a the uh, you know the the what, what's that word? The, the prestige. The prestige. No, not the prestige. Oh, the the reputation. That's right. The burgeoning reputation of being a you know being a manager in the Martino mold, right? Someone who can do the uh, you know who likes to do the Atletico style press where they just go hard for five seconds, try and turn the ball over and then counterattack, right? But hasn't really seemed to stuck, you know. And then on top of that, you add in the fact that a lot of the uh, players that they've brought in recently to try and cover up, uh, mitigate that the loss of uh, the likes of Miguel Almiron, right? And, uh, haven't really stuck to the league either, right? I think uh, I remember feeling like a big deal when they managed to get Jurgen Dom from uh, Digres, and he's mostly been a non-factor. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Martinez obviously tore his ACL and hasn't quite looked the same prior to his injury, right? I think uh, this is the Atlanta United that we see ourselves going up against now basically. And like, I think Juan, you mentioned this earlier, but you know, one loss away, it seems from going full blown crisis club again. Right. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't won a game since May 15th. Eesh. And that's, that's uh five games. Yeah. Like it's not looking good for them folks. I mean, I think uh, in a way, you know, I think we've turned it around quite well. I would probably attribute that to the fact that we have a very defined identity and structure in place that allows us to, we have a structure in place again, I think with a clear goal and identity in mind of us going out and recruiting specific players to fit that, right? That has kind of brought us back to this point. Uh, Atlanta, meanwhile, I don't know, it doesn't really seem like there was much much direction other than like, who, who can we spend big bucks on? And then we'll figure out the tactics later, right? I think uh, kind of showing that there are limitations to just aimless big spending. But I think like that's something that shouldn't be surprising to people who've generally followed soccer in general, right? I mean, big bucks aren't the end-all be-all. If that were truly the case, I think Chelsea would have waxed everyone when Abramovich first took over the uh, league. But note how it fell apart after Mourinho left the first time, right? right. The Avram Grant years... $30 million on Shevchenko ETC and he didn't really take <laughs> shit like that, you know? I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think uh, it's, that's where we are, basically. Um, yeah, so I think all things considered, 
if there ever was a game where Struber, I think, could be poised to pick up his first away win, it's this one. You know, and I would think that at the very least, we have to get a point from this game. That is my baseline expectation. If that is not met, I would be a bit annoyed because this is not a strong Atlanta team, quite frankly. This is a far cry from uh, the Atlanta United we saw in 2018, right? They're not that anymore, quite frankly. And we have to take advantage of that. Uh, it's also worth pointing out that we have not lost a regular season game to them, but I am obviously jinxing that by mentioning that on the podcast. So knocking on wood right now <laughs> that that continues. We'll, but, we'll edit that out in post. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Um, your thoughts in this game going into it? Like anyone that we should be looking out for, or like how do you think it's going to go? Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know anyone on this team. I know they're they. <laughs> it's like Marcelino Miranda. Like they have like five Argentinian guys on this team. They they still got Ezequiel Barco. I think Joseph Martinez is either out on international duty where he got COVID. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Huh? I totally forgot about that shit. It's like. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm seeing. I'm looking at the roster. They have a guy named. Uh, they have a homegrown. His name is Machop Chol. And if anything, I know anything about Machop is that he's weak against psychic flying and fairy types. So Struber, please. Um... <laughs> well, psychic would be Fabio and Klimala, right? With the telepathic understanding, and flying would probably be like I don't know. <laughs> flying would be Caden Clark, just like Caden <laughs> Clark. Yeah, and. Uh... Fairy type. Who's the one who have a lot of flamboyance and finesse on this team? Ooh. Do we uh, really have anyone who can do that? I don't think so, to be honest. That, oh, that's Wickham and Carmona. I guess it would be, yeah. And if you gonna, uh, you encountered a fairy in the woods, his name would be like Wickleman or something. It would be Wickleman, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna use dazzling. He's gonna use dazzling gleam. He's gonna kill the whole team. It's gonna be sick, bro. Yeah, no, I I mean like. I agree with you, right? Like it's kind of an anonymous Atlanta roster, which is kind of weird to say, considering the amount of money that's generally been pumped into this team. But, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, if there's anything, really... If there's anything, like, if any indication of where this team is at, uh, Gabriel Hainsey will probably be on the sideline because he served a suspension in the last game. <laughs> he, he was suspended. The manager was suspended on yellow card accumulation, which, you know, that's a thing we can do in this league. Sweet. Well, that's a first. <laughs> or maybe like managers just haven't gotten enough yellow cards to warrant that. Like maybe you get one every I, now and again, but like two straight, like three straight games of just jawing at the referee and picking you, up a yellow yeah, you... I didn't even know that that was possible. So thanks for sh- thanks for sharing these new possibilities. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably where we're at. You know, I think uh, we should, if we don't take the opportunity now to win on the road, I don't think we're gonna get a better chance in our until uh, in our in our recent schedule. So, you know, I think um, if there's ever a time to start picking up points in the road, this would be a really good time. You know, it kind of feels like we have a very vulnerable team that we have presented before us that we can take advantage of. And I really hope they go and dawdle them. Of course, it really depends on whether or not guys get healthy in time for it as well. I think Andrew Goodman would probably still be out. Florian Velo could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how long I I said this many times. I don't know how long appendectomies take to heal, but yeah. So I presume Gaten Clark will be out for a bit longer. I presume Yearwood slots in to, to take that on, and he's played well. So yeah, hope that that continues. Yeah, um, we we, we, yeah. we sort we we figured out how to score goals with these two strikers. All we need to do is prevent them on the other side. Yeah, exactly. Don't concede three goals on the road is my key yes. to winning the game, you guys. <laughs> we we proven time and time again that we could score at least two. So just keep it keep it below one. Sometimes in football you have to prevent goals. Uh. Sometimes you have to score them. <laughs> but sometimes you gotta stop them from happening too. Yes. <laughs> See, this is why Thierry fails as a manager, because he only focuses too much on attacking. Exactly. <laughs> Did you see that video of him scoring that free kick in training? No. Oh, he. So it's, it's. So I mean, we can edit this out, but like, it's it's him, or maybe don't edit this out because we're just talking about how cool Thierry Henry is. He is. Uh, yeah. He's just in train. Like I think they're the uh, the Belgian attackers are do they're doing free kick training, and Thierry just like okay, I'm gonna take one, and then he takes one with his left foot, top bins upper ninety, and the guys are just like, "Are you kidding me? This guy." <laughs> <laughs> we've been out here foot. literally yeah literally it's like DeBra- kevin de brown was like we've been out here for half an hour we've been training he comes out here does it once with his weaker foot this guy just kills us <laughs> Lit- like, that must be like, like the coolest like sideshow at training every single day like what wacky thing is Thierry gonna do in training that's gonna and he like did, he, and obviously because it's Thierry, he had his, his 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 uh his shorts hiked up like that way engaging in shorts discourse but yeah normally lukaku was like he killed my entire country this guy's been retired for 10 years <laughs> and that's why he has a world cup and no one in belgium does facts exactly all right facts. folks belgium's a fake country anyway so that's too much belgium talk um let's move on to questions before we start to recognize the existence of states that shouldn't exist um right. so we have two more in the mailbag um so thank you everybody once again for your questions and your time Patrick Dawan asking, if you had a magic time machine, would you rewind the clock back to star DPs and MLS vets? Uh, I mean, there was some entertainment value from that era. Whether or not I'd like it to be the standard, I don't think so. But to relive, I don't see why not. It'd be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, we have what to, is we, it? like we have to switch it out for someone else. So it's like instead of Tim Cahill, we get uh, Marwan Fellaini. Mark Viduka. <laughs> Mark Viduka. I got to switch one Aussie for another. Yeah. And I think Viduka would it be was like would probably be in his forties at that point as well, right? Yeah, so that would be pretty Who would have been another like Australian player at that level? Contemporaneous with Tim Cahill. I don't know. He was Tim carrying Cahill. the soccer ruse for so long, dude. Like, yeah, we wouldn't. Because like literally, guy. Yeah, literally all the other guys that came up around the same time as him, like, just sucked. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the only just, other player of that era would have been, like, Mila Yedinak, just a bunch of midfield cloggers. Or, like, Tommy Orr, who was, like, playing in Mar- Marco for, Bresciano, maybe. Marco Bresciano, maybe. Vince Grella, uh, yeah. John Aloisi, and those yeah. aren't exactly guys who uh, really leap off the page now, are they? <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it'd be it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know the sad state of Australian soccer. Let's uh, not not go into things too much. I bet nobody uh, can yeah. even name a prominent Australian player playing right now. Yeah. If you say Tommy Rogic, it doesn't count because he's not prominent. <laughs> okay, don't get yourselves. 
uh, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong, I guess, with the <laughs> with seeing some proper shit housing, just as like a you know some ironic appreciation for the culture. Maybe uh, or, or like if, if we're talking like not like star DPs, but just a guy from the Premier League. Like we either signed Papi Cisse or uh, Michu from 2012. Oh my god! Either of those Michu. two. Michu Either Mania, of those two, ladies and gents. Michu oh Mania. <laughs> what a legend. Meme players? I think I would sign Carl Jenkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Jen- I'm surprised Carl Jenkinson hasn't ended up in MLS for like Vancouver or anything. Something yet, like to be I mean like not not a not not a terrible right back back for the standards that we're thinking about, but uh Oh look, I mean he's like Richard Eckersley, right? And Richard yeah. Eckersley was a you know former like Premier League Academy cast off who carved out, I guess, a respectable career at various places. Yeah, it's it's, it's like... so hard to tell because it's just guys just pop up out of nowhere. Like ha- like what's his name? Justin Hoyt was at FC Cincinnati, and like yeah. some team would have paid money for Emmanuel Frimpong or something like that. It's just Michael Mancien was a New England Revolution defender, right? <laughs> Fairly Jesus recently. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, right? Do you know that Charles Jenkinson has Finnish blood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't get called up to Euro 2021. That is a shame. Man. For a shame. They have a guy called Daniel O'Shaughnessy, but they couldn't get Carl Jenkinson. They couldn't get Carl Jenkinson. That's crazy, man. Anyway, we don't need to talk about European soccer. Let's move on to the last question that we have in the mailbag. Um... Tom asking, is there cause for pause with Cameron Harper at the moment? We had the win in Nashville at home, then the use of only three subs against the Rebs. Royer out hurt, white traded, and now Carmona leapfrogging. Are we looking at square peg round hole or just lack of faith, coach? See, I think like uh, the thing here is that like we're kind of looking at it at it seems that like two different roles in the roster right like i think the way this question is phrased makes it sound like harper's an option i think either at striker or at shuttler in midfield which i think has sort of been the prevailing um i guess the the prevailing sentiment going in that he could potentially be a fit at either option at either role i should say sorry but you know i i i i'm not convinced that you can really say anything definitive after like what 45 collective minutes of MLS action, right? It kind of feels like that's how much he's played. I mean, it was kind yeah. of weird that he got yanked after being subbed on for, uh, after Struber basically said that, like, he wasn't really grasping what we we're supposed to be accomplishing as a team. And we haven't seen him since, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, for senior team level anyway, he might have made a Red Bull 2 appearance in that time. But honestly, I think he I played that really Red Bull 2 game where they lost 7 0. 7 0, like right. Oh yeah, well, I haven't really been following. Well, admittedly, I haven't really been following Red Bull Two that closely because, like, uh, you know, I mean, like, the games come on at just fucking untenable hours. Right. I'm not gonna drag myself out of bed to watch a U- to watch USL, man. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Um, uh, what is it? Um, yeah, you know, I think point still stands, though. I don't really think there's anything definitive that we can say about him right now right i mean like you you turn back the clock i think what three or four weeks against the revolution and people were saying that reyes will probably not be an option for this team ever again right uh we fast forward a couple weeks now and he's looking like the best uh 
defender under we currently have on the roster all around yeah right so things can can change very quickly um i'm not ruling out the possibility that guys can that guys can you know have their own personal development character arcs to be used to pull out an anime term i suppose but yeah um there's nothing i don't think that yeah i mean like like this this is the whole point about the player development ethos right is that we're going to be saying that dudes are done after like 50 minutes of senior team game time that's not really yeah. development at all right i mean like he's still young enough that he's still young enough and there are tools there i think that we can mold into a Red Bull player. It's kind of just up to him being given more time and minutes to figure it out. You know, whether that's with Red Bull 2 or with the senior level team, you know, I think uh, I think that's that's the thing. You know, we, we have to give him more time to see. You got to give him more time. You got to give him more patience. You have to, and you have to give him some reps at some point. You know, I think uh, still basically a very roundabout way of me saying it's still too early to tell. Do you have anything to add on to that? Yeah, I mean, like not every teenager is going to be Caden Clark or uh, or Wickleman Carmona. Sometimes uh, they're, <laughs> they're, they're going to be Cameron Harper. And again, we've seen his tape. He's a winger. We don't exactly play with wingers. We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, I think you have to take on the fact that I think uh, this Shuttler role especially is more positionally fluid than like someone who's used like to hang out wide on the wing, right? And even if you say play him as striker, like you have to remember the inside-outside movement for the strikers in the system is a lot different than what's generally demanded from like an out-and-out winger. You know, I think that's the key thing to remember. There's a lot of this inward-outward movement that can be a bit tricky to grasp if you've spent your whole career like solidly fixed out wide to the wing you know mm-hmm. um funnily enough uh, we may have been a better fit off the bat for like 2015 2016 era at this team where we were kind of playing with the wingers in that style but we don't really do right. that anymore so um you know i think yeah you mean you you hit it on the, you hit it on the head for me right i mean transition from transitioning from wide player out to something a bit more like this as a shuttler very different. I think uh, he's good enough with the ball at the feet that you can see why I think they were kind of high on him and trying him as like either a shuttler or a striker out the wing because he does have that really nice dynamic like dribbling ability like when it comes off. So you just have to give him some time to figure it out. Really, I mean, I think that's the whole that's the whole thing. I don't know. I think does that do it? Are we done? Do you have anything? I, I, to add, I think that does it. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like we we are in consensus. We there. had a lot to cover. We missed yeah. a week and uh missed a week. We had to cover like fucking three or four games, right? Like uh so I think uh and of course we had we had transfer news as well. So yeah. Uh I hope you had excuse to bumper episode and if you don't, well that then that that's just too bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I guess on behalf of Juan and I and Fernando from Beyond the Grave, uh, we'll be we'll be doing a seance on Metro Fan TV actually next week to try and bring him yes. back. Uh, so, uh, bring your Ouija boards, ladies and gentlemen, for that. Bring your uh, voodoo dolls. Bring your uh, God. I don't know what what else do you use for a seance. 
Uh, whatever know. you whatever you play in phasmophobia with basically if you're still playing that yeah. uh bring that with you because we'll be trying bring we'll be trying to summon fernando back from 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 the grave and hopefully he brings you yuba diara with him i i don't think it's likely though but anyway uh <laughs> juan thanks again for your time you got it uh and metro fan tv saying we'll see you sunday night or Sunday afternoon, right? I think this Atlanta game, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Atlanta. See you down south. Uh, Metrofan TV, saying peace and have a good night. Goodbye. So, 014122. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Well, considering the amount that we had to cover, we also ended up being about, uh, was it shorter, shorter in length than I anticipated? <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Let me write the copy for this episode. What were some of the, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. We talk about the highs and lows of the games against Nashville and new England preview the upcoming games against Atlanta United. Talk about the, uh, what were some memorable bits that we can reference in the air right up? To, I think the Pokemon joke obviously was a good one. And there was the, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the Kyle Duncan Bitcoin thing. Kyle Duncan Bitcoin, uh, weaknesses of fighting types. Yeah. Discuss competitive Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and then set the Kyle Duncan based cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we go through your... Uh, 
Evans and Juan go through your five-a-side lineups, discuss competitive Pokemon in the septic, and launch a Kyle Duncan-based cryptocurrency. Oh, and some soccer chat, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, damn, we're still on. This is all hot yeah. miking. <laughs> I mean, if, I think if we drop off, right, it's. Is, is there an option for us to drop off? No, I think it'd just be Fernando doing it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think, but I told uh, I gave him like the time to like 